Hello and welcome to another episode of Enter the Labyrinth. Um, yeah, so today we're just going to jump right in. So today's episode, another little bit of spirituality, but of course, as you, if you've been listening for a while, you know, I'm still going to spin this and do why, how it relates to philosophy and psychology and kind of an analysis on, I think, what I see as a current trend um, in our culture and kind of do some analysis in that. So I want you to all listen to this with this kind of one thought in mind throughout, right? Positive thought does not inevitably lead to positive action. Thinking so, we fall into kind of this this just world fallacy. But the question I always have is like, do we truly live in a just world? And if we don't think we live in a just world, how do we do that? And do we think we just wait for the universe to create that? Or do you think humans, we as humans and collectively, we are the ones that must create this just world we desire? So... Just that thought in mind. So today we're going to do some analysis on spirituality, bring in some, like I said, some philosophy and psychology. But these days, when someone proclaims to be spiritual, that often ends up translating into kind of this like anti-science, um, inflated sense of their own expertise, and an inflated belief in, in the truth value of their spiritual experiences, you know, following some odd like health remedies. And it always especially today, like it's become even worse over the last couple of years for obvious reasons I'll let you figure out. But there's been this more of this obsession with conspiracy theories that often end up being at least, you know, slightly anti-Semitic. But why? And why Why is, does this happen? And what happens within the self or maybe what's happening in culture that kind of causes some of these things to, uh, to occur? Um, yeah, and the origins of... of kind of this spiritual movement in the West. Uh, a lot of times I think people that are in those spaces don't recognize the origins and some of the fundamentals that are considered new age uh, have some very dark past. Uh, we won't get into those as much today, um, but just something I think people, I wish people would be more mindful. Um, you know, things with like eugenics and anti-Semitism is rampant throughout the founding of kind of new age spirituality, which was back in like, you know, early 1900s, late 1800s, um, here in the U S or actually in London mostly too. Um, so yeah, and we're also going to like bringing some clips and kind of do some commentary on that. I think these clips kind of provide a good example of some of the stuff I'm talking about and I'll kind of bring all that back in. But as always, you can support me by, you know, leave a review on iTunes, leave a review on Spotify, um, join that bonus episode feed on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to get the Patreon, Patreon one set up in the next week. I got to change the pricing and add some of the bonus episodes on there. So then people will have access to both of those kind of trusted platforms, I would say, for that. And the bonus episode feed is different. I'm lowering the price. It's different than my exclusive newsletter where you kind of get my more um, structured essays and thoughts and then maybe like dream stuff and personal stories and more of that stuff is on the newsletter, uh, which connects more with my writing stuff. Uh, yeah, but those are the kind of the ways you can get more and also on like social media links, all, all that shits below, but let's enter the labyrinth. Okay. So before I like dive into kind of some clips. I want to talk about kind of how we view, sometimes I think we, as a society, we started problematically viewing suffering as kind of this, like this ultimate plague. Yeah. We, we identify that suffering 
with the individual self, especially here in the West. It's a very Western idea, the hyperfixation on the self. From this, we then kind of avoid acknowledging the structures we have in place that cause collective suffering. So I had that original idea I wanted people to keep in mind while listening to this, but now also this idea, the, the hyperfixation on the individual self in relation to suffering instead of focusing on structures in place that cause collective suffering. Thus, when we do this, we identify with our own suffering, our own inner suffering as a disease that must be extracted. So this hyperfixation on the self, this numbs us. It keeps us uh, fixating on the I, the me, 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 me of us, and maybe not, and not focusing in on the systematic solutions we could be supporting. So we strive for our own kind of like unique experiences, an awakening, a mysticism. The the you know this kind of brings focus on the self instead of kind of socio political engagement that we could create lasting change. And although some some this is kind of a new phenomenon, I would say in the last couple of years, a lot of people in the spiritual spaces have kind of started a new fixation on political activism. But they've kind of taken a very interesting approach. I'd like to examine that in other episodes, and also for like. Newer listeners, uh, the reason I kind of feel like I can kind of talk on some of these subjects is I've been in those spaces a lot. I've been into kind of the whole like ritual aspect and spiritual aspect of doing some of that stuff. Um, but then I just really started noticing some problematic beliefs, some problematic uh, values and kind of the weird egos that occur in these spiritual spaces uh, that I came very concerned by. I kind of did some more reading and more evaluating on some of that stuff. And now I want to like do this little examination and it's kind of for my own examination as well but i hope other people find it helpful so let's get a clip going here this is from like phil goodlife he has a he's a big following on instagram and i want to add some context to him he presents himself as though as he's kind of this ultimate like psychic channeler as though he is really getting a reading on the collective purview and what's happening um, I don't know if he, he's ever gone so far to say like he's talking to an actual being, but he, he definitely f- feels as though he can sense what's going on with collective consciousness. Um, very, which ends up him translating that into, he, you need to come to him for this special message from the universe every day and also pay him. Big, I also, the two, I picked two people today to kind of do some of these analysis on and, and their clips. They are both people that charge like $400 an hour for their stuff. They have no expertise. They, I think, I think both of them probably just took a couple trips, maybe in like Sedona or something, or went to some other, uh, you know, country, uh, tropical vacation spot, and did some kind of psychedelic ritual or spiritual ritual or meditation retreat, and came back and now thinks they are the Messiah that needs to teach everybody. And that their their work is worth four hundred dollars an hour. So, if if I come across as biased, I am. I find that extremely frustrating, and I have yet to hear even a decent argument that can justify that pricing, um, especially when it's often borrowing from uh, countries' traditions, and it also participates in more colonialization. Um, but we'll, we'll 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 get into that. Um, okay, let me, I got to pull up these clips. Okay, here's the first one. Is there something you wish you could be doing right now or eating or drinking 
Like for me, it's always avocado toast. Like, yeah, right now, please. (laughs) Or maybe it's a massage or going out for a nice dinner tonight. But you're not allowing yourself to receive that because you're still loving yourself conditionally. You're not loving yourself properly. You've set up a reward system where you're always like, but first I need to save money to go on that vacation. But first I need to save money to go out for sushi. But do you though? Do you? You know, you might say to me, well, Phil, I wish I could be writing a song right now. That's what brings me joy, but I'm stuck at Starbucks. Are you stuck? Or is there a fear convincing you that the universe isn't going to take care of you? You see, we create distance between what we want and where we are. No one's doing that to us. The fear that we hold is doing that. So we have to vanquish that fear. We have to start closing that gap and receiving the unconditional love that the universe wants you to have. You see, you see, the universe says, the universe says that anything is possible. You know what they often translate that into? They, a lot of these kind of spiritual guru types, these in spiritual micro-influencers, they spin that into, if anything is possible, it is your fault for not achieving anything you want. So his example, I guess, <laughs> you know, oh, you don't have money to go uh, uh, buy sushi. Do you? Or what, like, what are you doing? And they, they reflect it back into a victim blaming mindset of, oh, it's your fault that you're in this situation. It's your fault that you work at Starbucks and can't afford to go get sushi. It doesn't take into account, like I was saying in kind of the beginning, it's the hyperfixation on the individual's fault, the individual self, the hyperfixation. So basically, you know, Phil is saying, oh, I achieved this end. I achieved this life. I'm doing this. Why can't you do it? Doesn't take into account maybe a privileged background he might have. I'm not going to make assumptions about his background. I actually don't. Maybe he has a troubled background. I have no idea. But the point is, it is still, even if you have found some success or what you perceive to be success in life, and then you kind of victim blame other people for not achieving that, you know, oh, you're in a fear-based mindset, which What's the difficulty is there is a balance in thinking that it's like, as although, you know, we can be, we can become over consumed by fear and this doesn't allow us to act and that can be troubling for our life and we're not able to achieve what we want. That very simplistic level of self-help there, right? However, you know, we're acting as though the universe is just waiting to give us whatever we want. The universe is like aware of this and just wants to give, 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 give. But where is that assumption coming from? Does it take into account the societal structures we have in place? Like here in the U.S., we're very privileged. You know, Australia, very privileged. Europe, very privileged. And we have these structures in place, often in capitalism, that is extracting resources from other countries. We have this hierarchical system in our world that takes advantage of other countries and takes advantage of other cultures and extracts from other cultures, just as the spirituality modern spirituality has done as well right so it's just those are the frustrating aspects that i often find and i find them to be extremely problematic because we have like kind of allocated our spiritual experiences into some exclusive category of the individual you know like i said we strive for our own unique experiences this awakening a mysticism and we pursue that as this ultimate truth, as though, as though like the, the, the exclusive, uh, once we kind of, so how do I word this? So like spiritual experience, this is some exclusive category of the individual, right? As a religion and a previous form of the self was the only thing you needed to be freed from, right? You just need to free yourself from, from those, that, that short-sighted mindset. And in that clip I played of Phil Goodlife, 
It's a hyperfixation on the self. That your inner world is the truth. That your inner world is the way to get everything you want. It doesn't take into account how the external world affects the mindset and the individual self. It it alters your desires. It influences your desires. All your your thoughts are not purely your own. And it's a kind of a very naive way to think about the world. You know, your background, what you grew up in, your parents' belief systems, the friends you have, the 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 like so small micro culture you grew up in, depending on the state. Like I grew up in the Midwest. I'm I had just you recognize different things that occur in the Midwest and different belief systems and say what's on the West Coast and East Coast. Just just within our own country, we have various areas with different belief structures that alter people's sense of desire, their sense of self. So this idea that okay. Maybe we should translate that into what structs, what are the structures doing to alter our sense of desire and altering how we get what we want. This hyperfixation on the individual puts blame on the individual. So it puts, puts blame for if you don't succeed, it is your fault. That's what it is doing. And it's, it's doing what the system wants and having you not evaluate the system, not having you evaluate the, the situations people are in as well. Um, but yeah, so we, we kind of forget about the true to kind of bring in some Lacan, some true big other that society has embraced today, you know, our um, economic system that looks to play with our emotions and manipulate our actions. So we convince ourselves that all we must solve is ourselves and that the problems will just naturally be solved. Just a nice little package that if we just solve ourselves, then all of our problems will be fixed. But that is not is necessarily the case, right? Sorry, I just accidentally played part of that clip. Okay, let's do another one and see if see where the thoughts go from here. Is there the voice of God? We pretend we don't hear the voice of God. I'm being honest right now. We pretend we don't hear the voice of God. We pretend. We do. That should be a quote. We pretend we don't hear the voice of God. Awkward pause. (laughs) I can't pretend anymore. Yesterday, I was this close to going, I'm done with this business. I'm going to close it down. But I knew I heard the voice of God. The voice of God said, no, it's time to go big and you're ready for it. I'm like, okay, you lead the way. I'll just show up. We pretend to hear the voice of God. No, we pretend not. We (laughs) pretend that we're not hearing the voice of God, but we're always hearing it. We're so the, the reason I picked this clip, I just found it fascinating because you can kind of see, oh, it's like, okay, oh, I was, I was having these doubts about myself and I was going to close down my business. I was no longer going to charge my $400 an hour for, to give a psychic reading through fucking, um, Zoom. Oh, I was going to, I was close. But then I had a conversation with God, this higher authority, this, this channeling of the message that I'm, I'm in touch with my true higher self. That I'm what I'm the path I'm on is the correct one. 
And it's just like this weird way of just assuming that if you have this perception of a higher self, that your actions are good, as though what you're doing is okay, that you're not taking advantage of people, right? So it's, it's, to me, it's a very interesting kind of spiritual bypassing. Oh, I'm just talking to God. God told me to do this. So therefore, I should absolve myself of all responsibility. I'm just following the word of God. But what is God then, right? We're not going to dive too deep into like what God is today. But like I always think of God sometimes as this conversation with yourself. You know, it's a reflection of yourself. It's a reflection of your desires. It's like this mirroring effect, right? So when we don't, we want to avoid responsibility. Oh, I'm talking, God, God has taken responsibility for me. I don't need to take responsibility. I don't need to play my part in examining the suffering in the world and what causes the suffering and how I can help that and how my actions might not be helping that. So we tell ourselves, oh, okay, I have this special ego. I have this special message to send to the world. I have this special message to give. But where is that coming from? Your inner self? And where does your inner self come from? You know, it, I don't know. hope that part makes sense. So I, I don't know. We just assume that we can break through our illusions. Uh, yet we fail to wonder why do illusions arise within our realities? What are the illusions for? You know, uh, like for example, we often connect our illusions with religion, right? So then once we, we free ourselves from religion, we're freed. We're free. And like I said earlier, you know, the big other, the society has embraced the economic system. But what about the economic system or social systems or social structures we have in place? Those are another form of illusions that control our actions and control our desires. Spirituality is not separate from those things. Your spiritual experiences are not separate from those things. You know, religion is not, is not the only perception of what a spiritual experience is. We often assume that because that's kind of how our structure is set up, you know, and I think that's that's an interesting thing to me because our, our economic system is made to consume the social change, the spiritual changes, right? Okay, and this, and this is what has truly fascinated me about this is, okay, the, the 1960s spiritual movement had plenty of flaws, like oh, so many flaws, um, just abuse and drug abuse and just just a lot of problems. We'll go into that another time, a different episode as well. But what they, what they didn't have was the internet to have the system we have in place, the economic system we have in place to consume the movement. And what happened when the economic system couldn't consume the movement, the government came down, Nixon, and inserted a bunch of drug laws and really stamped down that movement, right? But now today... We don't really have threats of that. And I, and I see that as a good thing that we don't have threats of that. But we also need to examine what has happened by consequence, right? So the, the, you know, the psychedelic rise up and the, the new age spiritual rise up and people doing meditation and going on retreats and, and psychedelics being decriminalized. Some of these things are good. Some of these things I'm proud of. You know, the psychedelic decriminalization, the examination of how it helps in, in a therapeutic setting, all that stuff. All that stuff is great. I'm glad. But we have to also look at the consequences of what is happening. The consequences in the sense of 
how these groups have been consumed by consumerist culture. Our economic system is made to consume the social change. So we, it consumes this ideas and spirituality, these new age ideas of the self-actualization, the higher self and the finding of my truth. Because in our society now, we are told if you find yourself, if you find your true self, you are expected to sell yourself. So I play these clips, these people, I don't doubt that feel good life. And the next person I'm going to have up to, I do not doubt they had a profound spiritual experience and I am happy for them. I am happy that they had that. I'm happy that they maybe they're feeling a higher connection to humanity. I'm glad for them. Do I wish that higher connection changed their actions a bit? Yes. Is it maybe that's my ego talking? I don't fucking know. But how are they helping others truly? Or are they off in a tropical land and going on vacation all the time and just using the internet to make themselves feel good as though they're helping people? You know, like I said, but they felt expected to sell themselves. They embrace that system of selling yourself. Oh, I have this, I have this newfound higher knowledge. I'm told that, okay, I have this new knowledge. I perceive this sense of higher self. I need to sell that. I need to be that. I need to sell who I am. And that's where the assumption that we can break through the illusion. The illusion of religion, but that's not the only illusion we have. And I'm not saying all illusions are bad. We need some illusions. Don't get me wrong. But are we really looking at the foundational one? And what is that doing to the world? So like I said, we make ourselves into these commodities, stuff that can, that can be consumed by the system. We make new myths for ourselves while stealing from other cultures. And then we call ourselves the Messiah for our own cultures after we just stole from others. So our culture has an obsession with this kind of self-actualization, our truth and hyper, hyper individuality, AKA those people out there that are like calling themselves star seeds and telling, Oh, you need to go from 3d to 5d. I'm at, and then they say, I'm at 5d. How the fuck do you know that? Some intuition, right? And where's that coming from? Where's the intuition coming from? Are you not affected by the external world? How do you know the external world's an illusion if you're claiming it's an illusion? How do you know your inner world's not an illusion too? What about your sense of self? I thought you were trying to break away from the ego. That sounds like your ego talking if you're up here in 5D and everyone else is below you. That seems like a hierarchical system. That seems like a very, uh, just a really dogmatic way of looking at the world. A dichotomy. The dichotomy that you're trying to escape, the binary you're trying to supposedly trying to escape, and then you embrace the binary by saying, oh, you must reach up in this hierarchy to be as good as me, to have the knowledge that I do. How do they, I don't understand how they don't see that as problematic. A lot of these kind of new age spiritual types. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's everyone, but what we're seeing is this kind of doubling down on the individual over the collective and our personal freedom over what might be the best for society. We are focusing in on, okay, how do we help people self-actualize themselves? Who cares what it does to the collective? As long as you're self-actualizing, as long as you're being productive, as long as you're mastering something. So it allows us to dismiss, it distracts us from examining the harm society faces. You know, things like climate change, oppression throughout the world, People in, throughout the world that don't even have basic rights, you know. So it's when the, and this often occurs uh, where people, you know, are overinflating their sense of their own intuition as though all knowledge comes from within, which is not true. 
All knowledge does not come from within. Maybe your inner self interprets what you take in, but that doesn't mean all knowledge is coming from within. Right? And many even act as though, you know, these some of these spiritual types and they call themselves star seeds or say they can communicate with some alien light forms or their alien light forms that are now star seeds down here on earth. You know, they, they act as though they're some holy warriors on the kind of this front line of darkness. As though they have this knowledge of how we should act, how we should be, who we should become. And they don't even have a basic fucking understanding of how our economic structures are play, social structures, and the cultural backgrounds of people throughout the world. They have no account for that. They just think that their perception of this higher self makes it true. It makes it true. Their truth is the best truth. Therefore, they should institute that truth on everybody else. Everyone else that denies this truth for them is simply lying to themselves, simply blinded by their own ego or their third eye is closed. I know, like I said, it probably sounds like I'm fucking hating so much right now. I, I do some of the spiritual practices. I do. But some of the community shit that pops up is absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's stupid. We're just not ready to go there. Let's yet. go to the next one. Not this one. We know. We know. We know. Hold on. All right, this one. The universe's plan is to give you everything you want and more. But you have to believe that. You also have to be able to receive that. Meaning, what you want isn't out there. It's not in the future. It's all here now. It's just that you've been separating yourself from it because you've been busy defending yourself, which we all have a tendency to do. When someone tries to push your buttons, you will defend yourself, you will defend your beliefs, you will defend your opinions. And to be perfectly honest, defending yourself is pointless. As a matter of fact, all it does is it blocks out the blessings because you're afraid to drop your walls. You're afraid to be vulnerable, to open up your heart and receive the blessings. This is all about receiving. So rather than focusing on the negative layer of what's occurring, start focusing on the positive layer underneath it. And then open up your heart and receive everything that's already here. So it does the same thing I was talking about before. This, this clip of Feel Good Life of, oh, you're just blocking yourself off from receiving the gifts. It's your fault. You're just being too focused on the negative. And it's just one of those, it's, it's, it's an example of the toxic positivity where, oh, you're, you're not opening your heart and your individual self is too focused on the negative and you're blocking yourself. You're blocking yourself from just receiving. Again, doesn't take into account circumstances of thousands and thousands of people. And this idea that you should never look to the future is just, it's silly. There is an importance of focusing on the present moment sometimes. You're at a concert, you know, the music is, you're moving to the music, get in the present moment, be in the moment. But sometimes we also need to look to the past and learn and look to the future and plan for the future. Because living in the present moment, what does that give us? Our world is kind of falling apart. Oh, you're just looking at the negative. Where does positive come from? How do you create something what you perceive to be positive? without looking at a perception of what is negative. You need to look at the negative because the negative is also an insight. Positive things, a feeling of something being positive is also an insight, but you can't discount the importance of the negative insight as well. The negative is an indicator of something. You can hyperfixate on the negative, but you can also hyperfixate on the positive. And that, that's, I mean, that's just, that's just fucking true. But, Okay. Let's let's do one more for Chris and this this is this guy named Chris. I've gotten into 
had messages with them. Another person that charges like $400 an hour. Do not like that. Um, yeah, let's see what he has to say, and then we'll kind of end it with this and do some analysis. Oh, fuck. Okay, so or mind number two. So mind number one is the type of mind that's going to create a reality of suffering around it. And mind number two is the mind that's going to create luck, abundance, and love around it. So what's the difference between these two minds? Well, mind number one is coping. And mind number two is thriving. And this has nothing to do with your financial status. It has nothing to do with your relationship status. It has everything to do with the energy you bring to the present moment in life. So coping is all about focusing on your problems. Where are your problems and how to solve them or on escaping your problems through mind-numbing things or through distractions. Mind number two is thriving. It's aware of its problems, but it's focused on gratitude and enjoying the life as it already is and it will continue expanding and conquering its problem. Do you have mind number one? So uh, I guess I use, I don't even remember what videos I all picked for this uh, episode. Um, but it appears I picked <laughs> videos that focus in on, again, it's, it's that it's a victim blaming mindset that he's putting forward. You know, oh, you create your suffering. You create that reality of suffering, you know, and, and it's those that are thriving. They're creating that abundance. It's them doing that. But like I said, the hyper fixation on the individual, it's you doing it. You need to do this. And the, and the, and the reason they kind of double down on this, this is kind of how, this is how you sell stuff in the, the U.S. This is how you sell stuff in the Western world. You sell stuff by saying, okay, I'm an expert. You want to get to where I am. Let me give you my knowledge. We, we create these micro hierarchies so we can sell stuff. That, oh, you need me to achieve this thing. You need me to get there. You need me, my knowledge. to. Help. I need to help you. I, I'll show you. I'm in abundance and I'm creating the life that I want. You're just in suffering. Pay me money and I'll get you to my mind rise up in the hierarchy but they never take into account well one where does their knowledge come from are they actually an expert how does social media allow you to present yourself this kind of persona for yourself that you have to put on a show for to present yourself as a successful person this celebrity right and when it's not actually not actually always the case uh, but yeah, it's just this kind of that victim blaming mindset that I often take issue with and just the overall, the lack of examination on the illusions we still have in place, the structures we have still in place and evaluating those things. I don't know what the answers are when we evaluate those things, you know, the economic system and capitalism and social structures and morality and, and, and our relationships with the world and, and cultural appropriation like there's so many questions and discussions to be had but all of those involved a collective effort a sacrificing of part of yourself to be involved in that and you creating a perception of a higher self flowing into those higher selves does not inevitably lead to a healed collective because i think often what is not always talked about which is like a this concept kind of in psychoanalysis is we convince ourselves like the the healing process of life i don't even want to use that language because that's kind of what the self-help industry does where you constantly need to be healing i mean to some extent yes 
but not in the sense that the self-help community puts forward. Constantly maybe evaluating, uh, understanding your sense of self is this kind of moving, flowing thing that's going into realizations and and kind of having these various, I, like I heard this um, concept from a Lacanian psychoanalyst where it's like you have this this drive into these realizations and these constant individuations that like Jung would talk about, this sense of a higher self, the higher purpose, that you're on the right path. You have these constant individuations that lead into, not a synchronicity, but um, I'm trying to think of the word. Not a synchronicity. Why am I thinking synchronicity? A singularity. A singularity of, of your inner psyche. So you have these realizations, individuations into a singularity and you come out and you're just redoing that process over and over and over again. I think it's uh, the fun part of life. It's just constant realization. And it's kind of humbling. Because you realize you have to constantly be evaluating with the collective, with the people around you, seeing how you affect them, seeing how you're living your life. You know, my self is not greater than anyone else's self. Because that's the belief in that hierarchy. And the hierarchy is not inevitably good just because, oh, we see it in nature, supposedly, which we don't even see it in nature as much as people think. Anyway, I hope that leaves you with some thoughts today. Uh, I think that's that's a good stopping point. A good, um, but I'm sorry if I felt, or I came across as angry, I just get a little bit passionate about this subject. Um, I've had lots of interactions with spiritual types through DMs, through um, chats in real life. Um, yeah, just I've had a lot of interactions with them and also just participating in some of those rituals with them as well. And yeah, I just I have a very personal experience with this and also a personal experience with witnessing the problematic nature of some of it. Um, I'm sure in other episodes, and I have in other episodes that cover that kind of the positives as well, but I hope I left you something to think, to, to think about. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. Much love to you all. But it's time for you to get the fuck out of my labyrinth. Yeah.